Have you been through a rough patch in your marriage? Or maybe you're in a difficult season right now. If this is you, I know you're going to be so glad you joined us today as we talk about having hope for a healthy marriage. I have two very good friends with me today. Rebecca McAllister is here and my friend Jill Hardy, and they have both spoken so much encouragement and truth into my marriage, and I know that you're going to be encouraged by the hope that they share today as well. I'm so glad you're joining us. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. This is going to be such a fun conversation. Rebecca, why don't you start us off? How long have you and your husband been married? We've been married 10 years, and we're high school sweethearts. Oh, that's so sweet. So sweet. And Jill, what about you guys? Uh, We've been married 28 years, and we were college sweethearts. So So fun. And we're kind of right in the middle. We've been married for 15 years, and we kind of met when I was in high school, but he was in college, and so that was not a thing yet. (laughs) So it took a little time of me growing up, and then then it just all worked once Mm -hmm. I hit college, so... Both all, all younger married, though. Mm-hmm. That's so special. And people yeah. thought we were crazy when we were getting married so young. And, and I was like, no, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is good. It, it is, is good. good. Also fun to talk about marriage right after Valentine's Day. It's such a sweet time mm-hmm. and um, kind of a special time to get to reflect back. It seems like life just kind of gets going and gets busy and marriage is just part of it after it's been a while. So I'm really glad to get to slow down a little bit and think about what does it look like to have a healthy and a happy marriage. Um, And I know that for both of you, this conversation is really meaningful. So I'm glad that you guys can be here for that. So Jill, Mm -hmm. why, why is marriage a meaningful conversation for you to talk about? Well, um, so much of what my husband and I do is centered around our marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, When we were first married, it seemed that we would gravitate towards other couples instead of me having my own friends and him only having his own friends. And so, um, I love to talk about marriage because we've been married a long time and it really defines much of, of the collective parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And I loved getting to know you kind of through a separate, uh, study that we were part of Mm -hmm. and you always spoke of marriage so highly Mm -hmm. and spoke of your relationship with such fondness Mm -hmm. And I think that's so sweet because I think that sometimes there can be a tendency that as time goes on, that marriage just kind of becomes a thing. Mm. But you always spoke of it with such sweetness and as your husband, like in such an admiring way that I thought that's just, it's beautiful. (laughs) Well, I I think you should listen to this. (laughs) I know. I won't tell him what you paid me. No, I I, I, I distinctively remember when I was a young, a a young wife, um, a lesson that I, I learned was to, to speak highly of my husband and, um, and, you know, to speak highly of other people, but in the concept of, or context of talking about him, that, um, it's almost like I wouldn't say anything about him unless he was in the room with me mm-hmm. and where they could hear where other people could hear what I was saying. 
And so, well, thank you for that. I always think it's kind of funny too, to think about like, I chose him. Mm. I could have chosen anybody. Mm. I mean, Mm. not like I just could have chosen anybody to marry. Anyone would have wanted to. No, but like I chose, I I did, I chose him intentionally. And Mm. so to speak highly of him also is a reflection of the choice that I made and the direction that we've chosen as a couple in our marriage. Yeah. Well, That's and important. when you do speak highly of them, it shows that you cherish them. Mm-hmm. And when you show that you cherish somebody, that's different than just people want this like fairy tale, I love you, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think showing that you cherish them and they're important and they have value to you is shown when you speak highly of them. Mm-hmm. And how do you work through anything if you're not going to tell them first? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you go to your girlfriend first and say, my husband, blah, well, that doesn't help your marriage. That hurts your husband's character in this person's eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why is the conversation of marriage like dear to your heart, Rebecca? Um, my husband and I both come from divorced homes. Mm-hmm. And so marriage there's a lot of value in it and there's a lot of value for us as individuals. We chose each other. Um, We got married very young and there was a lot of doubt in that. And a lot of, I think when I was early married, it was a, I will prove you wrong, but now it's turned more into a, no, I do choose this. I did choose him. I am here for this. It's part of what we're choosing for our family and changing our family tree and, Mm. for our kids and all the things that they won't have to deal with that we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that it is different that I know for the three of us that we all went into marriage with the expectation that this was a lifelong commitment. And in our culture today, it seems like it's almost a commitment of like, as long as I like it commitment, you know, as long as it feels good of a commitment and it's not always set up for well, people's hearts from the start as a lifetime thing. And I think people, I think society tells you the grass is always greener. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're Instagram always, does. <laughs> yeah. If, <laughs> so if you're looking for greener grass, you're always going to be looking over the fence. Mm-hmm. But if you turn around and you look at your own life and you really tend to your own garden, it can be just as green as anything else you see somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But people choose to look over the fence and look over at other people's lives and compare Well, that doesn't do you any good. Mm -hmm. Um, For my husband and I, one of the things that's helped us a lot, um, there's this book called Eight Dates. Mm -hmm. It's by John Gottman. And Mm -hmm. one of the things it talks about is going on eight dates with each other and being intentional and how to cherish each other. But also that when you choose to look over the fence, you won't find what you're missing if you're not willing to tend to what you have. Mm -hmm. And so that that's something that when my husband and I were going through a really hard time really helped us a, a lot and really taught us to be intentional with each other. Yeah. I've heard it say the grass is greenest where you water it. Hmm. Oh. And so it's that's really true. true. Mm-hmm. If you're always concerned about someone else's, then you're not watering your own. Yeah. Maybe you should water your own grass <laughs> a little. Um, okay. And so you just kind of jumped into this already. So I'll kind of go there. So has your marriage always, if you had 10 years of marital bliss, that it's just been like happy and healthy and honeymoon 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, since you allude to it, no, um, we had a lot of challenges to unpack. There was a lot of expectations that you don't even know as an expectation until you're sitting there mm-hmm. and you realize, 
oh, that person really isn't all of those things, or that person really does all those things that irritate you, they don't go away. Or um, We've worked really hard, though, to be happily married, because we did choose each other. And we don't want to end up like a statistic, because all the statistics put you in this pot and say, well, you're the one who could, or you're the one who can't, or you're the one who won't, or you're the one who will. And at least for us, we got to a really hard place when we were married about seven years. Mm -hmm. And we ended up going to a marriage retreat, a really intensive marriage retreat called Relationship Lifeline. And they, it was really about working on yourself because you can't tend to the other person if you haven't tended to your own grief and loss and all of those things. And so Mm -hmm. we've chosen this marriage and we've chosen each other and we've chosen to fight for it and not just throw in the towel and leave because it's hard. Mm -hmm. So no, 10 years has not been marital bliss, (laughs) but I'm really grateful for where we are and I'm really grateful for who I'm with. And I'm grateful that he's willing to try to because you can't show up and have the other person choose to not. So... Well, and that you guys fought for it, that you didn't just say like, well, this is getting hard. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's all. And that you didn't just go and that wasn't just like, well, okay, we paid some money. We went for a weekend. We did the things and now we're back home and we're going to go on these eight dates and then we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't, that wasn't enough. Like even I remember us talking when you were like coming back and you were like, whoa, <laughs> like, that was a lot to work through now and that it like it 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 was work but like what's more what's worth our work yeah. you know what could be more valuable than like feeding that relationship that could last for the next you know so many years if we put the work into it well and if you prioritize it mm-hmm. you prioritize what has value mm-hmm. to you my spouse is important to me and he has value to me and the things that we've chosen this life together so why 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 would i choose to walk away from my kids and my family and my and walk away to leave it for something that i don't even know what i'm walking into when i could tend to what I'm in. Mm -hmm. And, and it proves to my kids too, they are worth fighting for. And Mm -hmm. he is worth fighting for and all of those things. But I had a spouse who showed up too, Mm -hmm. who said, you're worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. And that's a choice that you can't force Mm -hmm. another person into. But we both feel like God gave us each other. So if it's a God given thing, God must know what he's doing because here we are. Mm -hmm. So, right. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Jill, what about you guys? Just always been lovely. Oh, yeah. 28 years of perfection. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, yeah, we've had our ups and downs. And, um, you know, thankfully, we've had far more ups than downs. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that intentionality, a bit like what you were saying, is that you can't just show up. You have to keep showing up and you have to be intentional in um, your relationship. And there's the the quality versus quantity time that yes. so many people get into a debate over. And my husband and I talk about that. And I, I was asking him the other night about something that was related to that. And, and we both agree that you can't have quality time together unless you're having quantity time mm-hmm. together. And in the quantity time, 
that's when you're being intentional, that you're working on it. You're working on yourself to be a better spouse mm -hmm. because oftentimes the best way to change your spouse is to look inside yourself and see. Ugh, but it's so much easier. If you can or, just focus on the changes they need to make, <laughs> right? it feels a lot right. less yeah. hard on you. Yeah. And then just praying for, uh, for, for my husband that yeah. I can't be praying for him unless I'm praying for myself first. Mm -hmm. And so I think that those are some key parts to, I guess, the longevity of our marriage. I feel mm -hmm. like... 28 years really isn't that much time, but in it's our funny culture, it sounds long to me in our culture, <laughs> it is. Yeah. And it, and it's very interesting that you were saying at seven years that you had, um, that time where you needed to, to dig deep, to, mm -hmm. to work on your marriage. And, um, cause my husband and I have done a lot of marriage ministry through the years and over and over and over it's seven years. It's mm -hmm. seven years that is that make it or break it time. Well, the glitter but, wears off. Yeah. The sparkle wears off. Right. The normality wears yeah. in. The day-to-day -day drudgery, the the bills, the kids, mm -hmm. the and, house, the... Yeah. And yeah. it's the reality of, oh, this is yeah. this is it for, for, for the long haul, yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. for it to last forever. And uh, And now we're seeing at 25 years... That's kind of another make it or break it time because mm -hmm. that's when most people are done raising their kids. And if they haven't taken the time to be intentional with their spouse, they're looking at their spouse like, who are oh, you? Yeah. And oh, I'm not sure I like you. Yeah. And what? Or I even know you. Or know you. Right. Or do you even and, know yourself at that yeah, point anymore? Because right? if you've, as a mom, if you have poured every ounce of who you are into your children, mm -hmm. Where did you go in the process? Right. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of the place that we're at now at 28 years. So mm. now we're, you know, on that tail end of, of raising our kids and, you know, just in light of, of the days right now, our kids have been home a lot and they've, they're gone this weekend and it's been really <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so we've enjoyed just mm. having a, our, our empty house again, at least just for the weekend. But yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, and I think too about like having your kids be gone, like there's nothing wrong with finding joy and just being with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And, and I, that's how it started. It kind of rekindles mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. this yeah. is how it began. But I think some people have a lot of like guilt attached mm -hmm. to like, oh, well, my kids are with somebody or my kids aren't. I don't have any guilt about that. <laughs> Having time alone. <laughs> oh, that's actually one thing that we've done kind of to be like a protective barrier protector for us. I just seeing, seeing how divorce is just so rampant in our culture that the divorce rates are just skyrocketing of the number of people that it's just regular. And, um, I think that if we don't guard, ourselves and put up some protective hedges. I remember that was something that someone talked about once at um, like kind of like a retreat that we went to a marriage retreat is what hedges do you put up as protections in your marriage or like barriers that when you have a house, you put things around to guard your house. And I really liked that analogy. And I think that one of the hedges that we have started doing over the last just little bit here is trying to do a date night just once a month, not even, I know people who like do it once a week. And that sounds like really beautiful, 
And maybe there will come a day that that would work. But like right now for us, once a week is just like, that would not even work. Um, and even once a month for us was a little bit hard because of having so many children and thinking, okay, who are we going to leave our, our kids with if it doesn't work for my family? And then feeling like it had to be consistent. So actually Rebecca and I started kid swapping. Oh, and nice. so yeah. it's worked so well because our kids have Amen. become good friends <laughs> and it's made us like we have started having relationships with each other's kids in special mm. ways because we pour into yeah. them during that mm-hmm. one evening and you don't dare want to miss it. Cause it's like, okay, well I watched your kids for that <laughs> night. So like we got to <laughs> yeah. schedule in the other one yeah. so that we can yeah. get out on a date. And mm-hmm. it takes the stress off of the time of feeling mm-hmm. like when we're out, like, Oh, well we really have to be back by this time. Cause we only have the sitter the for, right, yeah. for this many hours. And even though like we're super respectful of each other's time and schedule, it's been really good mm-hmm. to keep us intentional on each. It's kind of been like, we didn't plan it as accountability for each other, it's but totally I feel like it kind of that. was. Well, mm-hmm. and I think too, there's something to be said about letting other Christian marriage, marriages influence your own. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's so much influence to be able to say like, luckily our husbands have a lot in common. And so that's a blessing to my husband to have a man who's a couple of years ahead of my husband to speak into his life mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then to have kids who are a little bit older than my kids to speak truth into my kids. And that just mm-hmm. is a hedge for my whole family. It's not just our marriage, but it's my whole family. Mm-hmm. And what a blessing it is to have somebody who can really encourage you in that way and say, no, like, hey, it's your turn. You're going on a date. We're going next time. And even even my kids will be like, oh, it's your turn to stay with us. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, sorry. You get stuck with me again. Yeah. I, dating is, is very, very important. That's always been a high value for Kevin and I. Um, so whether it was friends or family or babysitters, uh, we had a, a family of babysitters. We had they were three siblings, and it was when the oldest one went off to college, then the next one was ready to oh, go. Oh, that's fantastic! And then when that one went off to college, <laughs> the third one was a senior, and it, it was he's a boy. The other two were girls. And but when when it was when it was his turn to to step up to the babysitting job. First, I told him, you know, no pressure, however, <laughs> and maybe just but a little. <laughs> he became more like a big brother to wow. we have boys. Mm. And so he and at that time, my kids were needing to get to, you know, sports practice or church events or um, needing help in areas of, of um, school that I was not as good at uh-huh. in high school. Well, and, and it's just so, more fun having it from a yeah, cooler, older guy. Yeah. Well, and so, and he was the one that taught them how to drive a stick shift. Oh. And during that time when my husband would, and I would, would go on our dates, we never had that guilt of, oh gosh, you know, who are we leaving him with? Or I know it's a babysitter and I know it's not their favorite, but they'll be fine. Where it was, it was a win for my kids and mm. it was a win for, for my husband and I. And so now now our relationship with those three babysitters, they're, they're a huge part of our family. In fact, the, the, the boy got married at our house last year. Oh, and so it was so a special. neat blessing to just, you know, he helped us, we helped him. Well, and same and, thing, you, you fed know. into his life just mm-hmm. as much as he yeah. fed into yours. And, and we modeled, we modeled the importance of dating yeah, to one him. another. Yeah. yeah. So, and I have a little boy also, and what a blessing to have a young man who's who 
I'm assuming is a Christian young mm-hmm. man who wants to feed into your little mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. Like what a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, I definitely would echo like the importance of dating for sure. That's been so important for us. What are some of the areas that you see as like some of the high risk factors or threats mm-hmm. right now in marriages that um, maybe are some of the things in our culture that are causing yeah. marriages that yeah. maybe people who aren't haven't even hit that seven year mark or maybe are in between mm-hmm. the seven and 25, because that's funny that we're at 15, we're kind of right in between mm-hmm. there that like we should be watching against and being aware to be like protecting ourselves from. I think, I think a big one is just the drive for happiness hmm. that, that culture, um, really values. You need to be happy. And hmm. if you're not happy, then move on. And, um, I think that not all the time you're going to be happy in your marriage, but, um, that's not a reason to, to give up. And I think our culture mm-hmm. says it is. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I think to that. tag on to that, like the technology that feeds mm-hmm. that that de- divisive behavior mm-hmm. too is it's so easy to go behind your spouse's back right now. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. easy to like yeah. connect with somebody in a different mm-hmm. way that isn't the conventional way that when like our parents were kids, that's how they got in trouble or something like that happened and a marriage would fall apart. But like mm-hmm. now social media and video games and the news overload and TV, how you can constantly be stimulated by something other Mm -hmm. than having a connection with an individual. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a, um, image that just really stuck out to me. That was so sad that it was a, it was like different pictures of a husband and a wife throughout their day present, but Mm -hmm. with their phones in the middle of them. Mm. And it was like being at a table, both with their phones out in front of their faces or being at a couch, even just not doing something interactively, maybe even just watching a movie, but both with their phones out or being in bed, like with their backs turned both with their phones out. And I think that it can be such a, um, such a, like a way to suck our attention Mm. and and our focus. And it's interesting because I've even, I've had times where it's become a distraction for me and my husband's called me out on it and been like, Hey, I feel like you're kind of letting this like take too much of your focus. And I was so defensive. Like, how could you say such a thing? Um, but, but I'm so glad that he was willing to, and then like once I calmed down, being able to then say, okay, so if you see this, like, will you point it out to me mm-hmm. and being willing to make myself vulnerable yeah. to say, I don't want, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to become something that comes between us. I want it to be a tool, not something that's divisive. I think too, though, is when you, something that can be so divisive, I think, too, is finding value, though, in what your spouse does enjoy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily technology-based, but, like, if your husband is really into cars, like, there should be some sort of value to that because your husband cares about it. But but it's not just that's his thing because I think we're very prone to having separate lives mm-hmm. yeah. and where you run parallel with the person well, if your lives aren't intertwined and you see no value in what they're doing or mm-hmm. what's important to them, it took me a long time. So my husband grew up playing video games. He loves video games. 
I hate video games. I think they're dumb. I think they're a waste of time. I think they rot your soul. But regardless, I think it's it took me until after we went on this really intensive marriage retreat to realize that like they have value to him though. Mm. And it's not something that can take over your day, but I then turned around and instead of being the one who's like, well, why are you doing that? Why aren't you with me? And why not? I tried it. And like now every so often we'll play Mario Kart together or something like that. But it really feeds into who he is. And now he doesn't feel like he has to take time from us to take Mm -hmm. time for that. Because I'm willing to give in, give a little of myself and say, your value is in this so we can do this together in some capacity. Mm -hmm. I don't play video games with him all the time. No. (laughs) But like every once in a while, hey, let's do this together. Let's try this. Or... And so I think there's something to be said about finding value too and what your spouse values instead of separating it Mm -hmm. as that's your thing and this is my thing. Because I think that's also a divisive way that Satan stands between you and your partner and says, this is his and this is yours and it can't be together Mm -hmm. in any way. For sure. What what advice would you give if there was a wife listening to this who was saying, okay, I kind of feel like we're on like our last try here. We've kind of been down some rough roads. Um, I know, Jill, you've worked with a lot of couples through Mm -hmm. various situations. What advice would you give to a woman who is in that spot? Well, um, I would, well, it depends on how deep of the the wound is that's that's there, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it might be um, recommending, you know, professional Christian counseling would would be one thing. I think but that's a big point of hope too. I it think is. a lot of people Yeah, it is. But it's also realizing that there might be somebody more qualified to right. walk alongside them right. to help them. Um but also just to have somebody that um has walked ahead of 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 them a, a little further. Um somebody to pour into um her or, mm-hmm. or if she could find a couple, if they could find a couple that could pour into them, um, to walk alongside them, to mentor them and to, to speak truths to them that, mm-hmm. um, may, that they may, may need. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that really answers what you're no, asking I think me. It, I think it does um, because I think that takes a lot of like braveness mm-hmm. to say, okay, who either can we try counseling and like mm-hmm. asking your spouse, could we try this together? Mm-hmm. Because, and because you, you're worth it enough to me mm-hmm. that I'm willing to, like, I want mm-hmm. us to invest the money and the time. Like there's nothing more that I would rather invest the money and the time in mm-hmm. to try to heal and give us hope to like move forward past, mm-hmm. past this. Um, and if he was willing to, to mm-hmm. do that with you or to say, to ask a person, like you said, mm-hmm. to think, to think through who do I know who would be a person who maybe I could ask, would you be willing to mentor me as a wife? Um, or would you guys be willing to mentor us as a couple to kind of walk alongside us for a little bit to help us kind of get get past where we are right now? Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of stigma, though, in asking for professional help. Um, because society says you're broken mm-hmm. if you need therapy or you're broken mm-hmm. if you see a counselor. And 
I wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. my husband yeah. and I have both equally done a lot of therapy outside of each other yeah. and then with each other also. But I think you have to be willing to ask for help from mm-hmm. somebody. And I think sometimes, though, we're more apt to lean into other people than our spouse. Lean into your spouse and mm-hmm. choose yeah. what's best for yeah. the two of you Absolutely. together. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was a season that my husband wasn't open to therapy, but I kept, can we try this? Can we do this? Can we? And when we got to the point where we did um, Relationship Lifeline, it was one of those things that I said, we are doing this or this isn't going to work. Well, thank you guys so much, both of you, for your thoughts. I think it's super helpful hearing, um, especially from both of you, being like three years kind of past different breaking points. <laughs> Um, in marriage. It's pretty neat. I didn't mm. even know that when we set this up. So <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, I sure appreciate it. I know that it's going to give some hope and encouragement to some wives out there who need it. So thank you both. Thanks, Krista. Thanks, Krista. There were a lot of excellent resources mentioned today. And I want to take us back to one that Rebecca mentioned just to make sure that you caught that. There is a wonderful retreat that you could look into if you're in a rough spot and you need some help to get out of that, just some intensive focus on your marriage. It's called Relationship Lifeline, and it's a place that will help provide hope and healing for your marriage to move you in a positive direction forward. You also could look into the book Rebecca mentioned, Eight Great Dates, could be a wonderful resource for any family. And Focus on the Family has some wonderful resources. If you go online and check out their website, you will be amazed at the wonderful things they have to offer. And if you're hoping for a little bit of one-on-one, maybe closer to home help, just to get through something that you're in the midst of right now, I would encourage you to reach out to your local church. Many, many churches have resources available to help encourage you in your marriage. And if you don't have a church home, reach out to a friend who you know does, and I'll bet that they could connect you with somebody. I'm so glad that you could be with us today, and I hope that something that was shared today gives you some hope for a healthier direction in your marriage. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we talk about how to work through conflict with your children.